This is Let's Get Real with your realtor hosts, Mallory Myers and Rob Calabro, talking real life and real estate. All right. Welcome in from the Buckeye State to the Sunshine State. This is Let's Get Real. Hey, Mallory, what is up? How is the market down in Tampa? Hey, Rob. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. (laughs) It is... um... It's crazy. I actually just got off the phone with a, an agent on a team of um, a listing that I put an offer in for my clients. Mm-hmm. We submitted an offer, I think it was Friday afternoon, and they said that they would be discussing probably Sunday night to Monday afternoon after all you know offers were submitted, after buyers had a chance to, to view the home over the weekend. And I just called to just kind of reiterate as my client wished that they're willing to do X, Y, and Z. Um, And he said that he asked me, did I get an email 10 minutes ago from the the lead agent? And I said, no. And he goes, well, that's good because that email was rejected offers. So you made it to the next round where they're more closely looking at your offer and another. Um, And I said, okay, well, that's really good to know. Thank you for that information. And I said, well, may I ask how many offers were received? And he said, 16 good ones. So that's not even total offers that were, you know, submitted. Mm -hmm. He said they got lowball, you know, investor offers. They got a lot of things that they were not going to entertain. So he said 16 actually like, worth looking at offers. And so what about, what's the price point you're at on this? That was listed at 625. Okay. And just so you know, we went over seven. Okay. Um, all right. So 16. So I think, I think that shows what the market you're, is you're like in the mix. Yeah. So it's still yeah. hot, still going mm-hmm. crazy down there. Um, yeah. How about you? Uh, well, it's good. Um, I am, uh, I'm also waiting to hear back uh, on one with a client. I've got um, a couple of things that transpired over the weekend, some good, some bad, and I've got some listings coming on. So we're, we're doing really good. That's awesome. But it is, uh, you know, it's interesting. So I, uh, I had a couple of things over the weekend, uh, but two, two things stuck out to me. Um, one is uh, an offer that I have a buyer client making, uh, you know, submitting an offer on a listing, um, and they only had three offers, which is, to me, that's kind of low because this is a absolute price point home. This is below two hundred fifty thousand in a pretty wow. good area. Um, and then another one, I didn't, I didn't have a client that ended up making an offer on this one, but. It was still in the median range, about 300000 And I got an email from the listing agent yesterday saying, um, hey, if, if your client is interested, let us know by tomorrow we have received an offer. Mm. So that's to me is a little bit odd too, because typically you're going to be getting an email that says, we have multiple offers, send us your best by this time. Right. Now, not, we have one offer that we're considering, you know, if anybody else wants to send one, please let us know. Cause that's a little bit more desperate to me, you know, like I, I agree. So that I found that to be interesting. These are both in, uh, the two properties I'm mentioning are both in fairly hot areas, really good parts of Columbus. So, um, and in the median price range, so very interesting. Wow. I mean, that's great for the Columbus area mm-hmm. and the people that have a little bit of hope. I hope that, um, we can get to that point soon. 
Um, it's just so hard because everybody's moving down here. We're getting money from New York and California come through. So I pray for days like that. That, that will be great. Well, and I'm not saying that that's going to be, I mean, there's, sure. yeah, there's of course. plenty of scenarios this weekend of 10 plus offers and all that yeah. stuff. But, but that's but really nice. It is. It is kind of cool uh, to, uh, I know in, 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 in a years past, we'd probably talk about that. Oh my gosh, there was three offers on that house. Holy cow. And now like three offers is like, wow, that's nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's nice. So true. But hey, at that's the end so of the day, true. the person who owns this property is still going to get above list. They're yep. still going to get a great deal. And mm -hmm. so what, it, does it really matter if you had 10 or three I guess it depends on what those three offers yeah, are, but yeah, but it's still hopefully going to be a good situation for both parties involved. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I know in today's episode, we wanted to just really uh, go over the, the buying process and particularly how you work with and how I work with buyer clients, especially new clients that are new to the market. Um, because I know that something we, we graze over and talk about, you know, a lot, but today we wanted to dive in more a little bit deeper into the topic um, to kind of paint the picture of, you know, if you're thinking about getting into the buying process, what are the steps that we're going to go through and um, just kind of help you better understand what it's like to work with us as an agent or just to work with an agent in general and, um, you know, what it's like to be buying, particularly in this market in our respective areas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree that we've kind of grazed over some importances of when you're starting the, the process and buying, but you know, it's still, we haven't discussed what that really looks like for us. Like what a buyer consultation is, what, what we ask for, what, um, we try to help navigate, you know, through for our clients to understand the buying process, uh, and set them up for success. Yeah. Um, all right. Well then why don't you tell us? What oh. is what is it like to work with Mal Myers? And oh. uh, where does the process where does the process start? Where are you? What is your initial conversation like with people? Where are they coming from? How do they know you? How you know? Tell us all of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of my business comes from um, referrals from friends and past clients and social media. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very present on social media, so I get a lot of people obviously following me or asking questions or seeing me show homes, you know, behind the scenes or, and all that stuff. So I get a lot of people, um, who follow me, refer their friends to me. Um, I get a lot of clients from straight from my followers or friends, you know, outside at church or, you know, other things that I'm involved with or do. So that's where I get a lot of my business. Um, most often my first conversations are like a text message or a DM from somebody. Um, and so that's basically like, Hey, I got your information from so-and-so, um, I'm looking to purchase my first home and I have no idea you know, what the process looks like, but I was told that you're, you know, you're awesome and, and could help me with that. Of course, so they once, always include that, uh, I was told you're awesome part of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I pay the other person a lot to say that. That's good. <laughs> um, but, it, but it is really nice because they obviously have somebody who 
vetted for me, you know, whether it's a close friend of theirs or a family member or just somebody casual, you know, that says, check this person out or, you know, you should talk to this person. And that means a lot to me. Um, so I always thank that person, that referral. I, I let them know how much that means to me um, because it, it most often it comes from people I would never think of. I would never think are actually like watching me enough to refer me to their friends and family. Yeah. So it's, it's so nice. It's so appreciated. Um, so anyways, after that initial phone or message, you know, I obviously thank them for reaching out, let them know that I would love to schedule a phone call to kind of get to know what they're looking for um, a little bit more. Or if, if they're local, I'd love the opportunity to meet them in person. You know, let's, I like to um, treat them to a cup of coffee and, set ourselves up for a nice casual atmosphere and conversation. Um, not necessarily like a consultation, you know, I want it to be a, a flowing com conversation. How can I help you? What is it that you're looking for? What, you know, what's your timeline look like? So I want it to be a very comfortable conversation, let you know that I, um, I, I'm not a stuffy person to work with. I'm very much, you know, a friend helping you in this in this journey so it's very important that we get to know each other that you get to understand my vibe that i get to understand your vibe you know you, your personality type might be a little different than mine but how can i work with you in getting you to the closing table um so after you know meeting setting up a call or setting up that time to meet we meet and um i kind of just listen to what it is that they're looking for you know in terms of the home you know is it a single family home is it a town home are they looking for a garage non-negotiable are they looking for two bedrooms one bath um really finding out what it is that they're looking for and then um you know obviously location where are you looking um again another very important thing is timeline when are you looking are you looking to move in 30 days because in this market that might not happen are you looking to move in four months because then that's a perfect time to start looking and start the process so obviously those are very important things that are going to help me help you find your home yes um so i i've taken a lot of uh, what you said and i'm kind of thinking about like how do i do it and what's the difference but um what you just mentioned four months so I used to tell people um, that you know if you are because uh, the home buying process could take anywhere from let's say you know a, a month to a year you know who knows mm -hmm. but yeah. you know a lot of the one of the bigger questions I would always get is you know how long does it take when do I need to start looking if I want to buy a house my answer always used to be at, if you're three months out then you need to be at the point where you're walking in and looking at houses, you know, and then we all know that the online search takes place 12, you know, six to 12 to 18 months before you're actually ready to take action. But the, and, and so in this market, I guess the point I'm getting to is in this market, three months may not be enough. Um, right. You said four months and I think that's a good, um, a good time frame, but the reality is you need, you probably need about 30 days to actually close on a house, mm -hmm. but, and maybe more, maybe 30 to 45 days, but to, to look for a house in this market, you're most likely seeing more properties than you used to. You're most likely making offers on 
more properties than you used to. And so I would give myself a buffer of probably a six month time frame. Um, but if you're in that four to six month range, then that sounds to be about right. Um, it, it is harder right now to time it up exactly. Let's say that you're renting and you want to buy a house. It's, it, I would give yourself, I would lean on the more time than less time. So you don't want to be up against uh, a deadline to say, I have to be out at this time or, you know, I'm homeless. Like that's a tough position to be in and you don't want to be pressured yeah. to make a, make a decision based on something like that. So I would shoot for a longer time frame. And again, you give yourself more time to move. Um, yeah, it might cost you a, a couple months overlap, but it's probably worth it versus the alternative, I would think. Yeah, and another thing to your point about taking longer to close or to a 30-day close or just giving that extra grace period of, of time, um, the offer I put in Friday, we can't close until the end of April. Mm -hmm. So it's the seller's timeline that we're closing. So if you, if you really like a house, you're submitting an offer you know, but you're not closing for two months because the seller can't leave for two months, then that also comes into consideration for the time. Yep. So it, it is really good of, of giving yourself the, the grace period of looking, you know, like you said before, if, if somebody came to us in January saying that their lease is up in September, I'd probably say let's touch base in June. But now we want to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row for financing, that you are completely ready to roll and it doesn't hurt to get you on the MLS as soon as possible because you're doing your own research and if you see anything along the way, you're already pre-approved, you're ready and you can make a move on it um, you know, while you have the time without rush. And if you don't find anything, that's fine. You're not going to settle, like you said, like in 30 days, you know, having to find something because your lease is up, you will probably end up making a rush decision that you're not happy with because you felt pressured for time. Um, so that's why that, that preparation time is so important. Yeah. And also it gives you time to, to analyze the market and understand like when you first, that's why the online buying process uh, takes so much time is because when you first get started in looking, you're going to try to identify, okay, here's what I can get in a certain area. Here's what I can, here's the, based on what I want to spend, here's the parts of town I need to focus on. And you can't just um, figure that out in one day. It kind of absolutely you know, takes time to develop a picture in your mind of where can I see myself and for what price point. That's exactly what I tell my clients. I said, the best research we could do for you is for you to be set up on the MLS. Say you're in between Clearwater and St. Pete and Tampa for the same price point, you're going to see what you get for your money in each little area. So mm -hmm. you'll find out what's more important to you. Is it location or is it the quality of the home? And that's the best way to see what's out there for your money is to see that for yourself, that research. Yeah. And I want to touch back on what you mentioned a, a little bit ago regarding just like how you approach the process of first meeting with somebody and, you know, kind of your goal is really to educate them. Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, first got into real estate, um, I worked for a team. I was a buyer's agent and I, we had like a little presentation we would give people, of, you know, and it went over all these various things. And it was helpful. It was educational, but it, it was too much like a cookie cutter presentation with PowerPoint slide and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that is not um, not my ideal way of of 
doing things. It, like I said, it accomplished the goal, but it wasn't, it was too stuffy for me. Mm-hmm. So you know, my approach now is a little different, um, but, but it is really important to get people together with you and kind of one, set up expectations and to educate them on what to expect and what the buying mm-hmm. process is. And, and honestly, a large portion of what's really helpful is to kind of tell people what, what you're seeing in the market, mm-hmm. how people are crafting offers, talk about the various clauses and the various terms. Because when you get into that situation where you are trying to buy a house, um, the, uh, it, it's, it's harder to make some of those decisions right away when you Mm -hmm. have never heard of like an appraisal clause or don't understand what an appraisal is or appraisal gap coverage or anything like that versus absolutely somebody sit down and say here's how it works this is why people are doing it you don't need to do this if you're not comfortable with it but this is what you're going to see and this is what you might experience and it i absolutely yeah I I think it's huge to be realistic on the market with these buyers and people that reach out. I was just talking to an agent yesterday on social media. Um, I posted something and now I can't remember, but it, because the days are just so long now, but it was literally just yesterday. But he mentioned that he's working with a client who has no money, basically no, no strength in any offers and that he is the third agent they're working with. Um, And I said, well, it's probably because they're not set up for success and understanding what the market is like you. It's your responsibility to tell them, listen, you really don't have strength in this market. What's being accepted is appraisal gap is large, larger down payments or larger escrows, Mm -hmm. higher offer prices, um, little to no inspections, you know, things like that. And if you have barely any money put down. You can't cover an appraisal gap. You're asking for closing costs. You are financing a certain type of loan. These things are, are, if they're in a multiple offer situation are almost always in this market, not going to be looked at. Mm -hmm. And you may have to tell that client to wait and save money. And that sucks. Like it sucks to, to say that. But I also, I was talking to this agent about how you'll probably earn respect for being honest. And to not have them work through and defeat and defeat and defeat Mm -hmm. instead of you setting them up for success and say, could you wait 45 days and how much money could you save? Yeah. Or, or can we just set the right expectations so that you're looking for the right type of property? Hey, with this, with this type of down payment amount and with what you're willing to do, you know, I think you need to look for a property that needs renovations or needs repairs Mm -hmm you know, or you need to shoot for a little bit lower price point or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, or just tell them, Hey, look, this, the, with what you're looking for, it's just going to take longer. And, you know, just whatever the expectation needs to be, you're right. You have to be honest. You have to be upfront about it. Um, but you know, you don't want to deter somebody, but you right. want to be realistic about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. In the end, they will thank you for that. I think. I think, I mean, it, they could, you know, be stubborn and say, well, we're going to shoot our shot the way and it could work out. And like you said, like, it has, I, it I, I obviously hope it can, and I will submit any offer you want to submit, but I also want you to know that I'm, I'm a professional in this industry and I'm seeing what's getting accepted. Um, I will say though, you know, certain people are, are thinking that every deal is a cash win. Right. And, and you kind of feel defeated if you're not financing, but 
yesterday or the day before I, I was going to show a property and I noticed that it was pending already. And in the notes, it said that the seller or I had talked to the agent and he had mentioned that the seller was looking for a cash offer or a really high down payment. Mm -hmm. So when I noticed it was pending, I asked him, did a cash win? And he said a VA loan won, but there was a $30,000 appraisal gap. But it was VA financing, but it turns out that he probably used that, took the money that he would use for a down payment and put it towards the appraisal gap. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's actually funny you say that. We had a very similar um, situation in our office uh, not that long ago, and uh, it was a multifamily property, and the seller just, they got a really high VA loan, and I brought that exact point up to him. I said, look, if they're VA, that means they could go down to zero. And then mm -hmm. they could use all of it towards appraisal gap if they needed to. And that helped the seller in some negotiation with some leverage power. But at the end of the day, this particular party was just ready to sell it and didn't want to jump through a bunch of hoops and said, I'll take the VA offer because it gets me what I need. Um, yeah. so, so that should be a little vote of confidence for the I agree. buyers out there that say, or that are worried about things. So, you know, just sometimes it's just the right situation. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. So don't, don't not try, but obviously it, it, again, it kind of brings back to making sure that your agent really is on top of everything. Um, and asking the listing agent, what is it that your seller is looking for and asking those questions, um, about how they can put in a strong offer. Like what is important to your seller? Um, and my, in my office, we had a meeting last week about something and this multiple offer situation and how every single agent is dealing with it. And anybody that's working with a buyer is on the brink of defeat because, you know, we're constantly getting all that stuff. But um, he mentioned that he had submitted an offer. He got an email back from the agent saying, you know, thank you. It looked like she copied every agent that attached, you know, an offer. Um, thank you for your offer. Just so you know, there was 20 offers that of which of only, you know, 10 or 20% actually asked me what the seller was looking for. Um, and the rest of you did not. So the rest of you aren't even calling the agent to ask what they're looking for to even submit a good offer um, and what the seller is actually looking for. And then today I went to look at a listing um, and check what the seller, you know, had for certain things. Um, and I noticed there were offer instructions. And so I looked at the offer instructions and it had make sure that the pre-approval is a local lender, like not a bank lender, um, make sure X, Y, and Z. And think about all the people that aren't even looking at that to make sure that they don't attach your Bank of America lender, you know, pre-approval in the offer where it clearly says, make sure it's a local lender. Sure. Um, so that's another way that you're standing out in an offer is your agent being on top of it and knowing what they're doing. Yeah, and I want to bring up something that's kind of twofold with what you said. Um, you're talking about communication with the other agent, uh, mm -hmm. which is key. It's really important. Um, but just communication in general is kind of a pretty much the majority of what uh, you and I do as far as like add, being able to add value. It has to do with communication skills. And so, one, yes, we need to be able to, to communicate well and tactfully. Um, and strategically with the other agents to, to help our clients get the best deal or to help our clients win offers or in the reverse position to help 
our clients, you know, uh, negotiate the, with the best buyers to get the best offers in. Mm-hmm. But also, it, as uh, somebody you're going to be working with with a for a long period of time, like at a minimum, a few months could be more, you know, than that could be mm-hmm. half a year, could be a year, could be a couple years. Um, you need to have a really good rapport and a really good communication relationship with your agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something like if you were. I was going out to find a real estate agent, like if I was going to buy a property in another part of the country where I'm not licensed and I needed an agent to represent me, um, that's something I would really think about is can I deal with this person? Do I have a good relationship with them? Because the reality is you're going to be spending a lot of time together, whether yeah, <laughs> not saying you need to be best friends with that person, but you need to be able to have a good communication rapport with them because you're going to you're going to be texting them a lot you're going to probably be having lots of phone calls with them you're going to be um you know you're you're going to be asking their advice and ultimately you want somebody that not only that you trust but that that you're you know you're able to communicate with successfully um otherwise it's going to be a hard process and and there's there's a lot of different personalities out there and you have to make sure that the, the personalities jive together, I think, to for it to be a good, successful experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, I think that meeting an initial phone call is so important because say our personalities just don't vibe and that's okay. You know, you're not everybody's cup of tea. You're not everybody's personality type. So if, if we don't vibe, that's okay. If, if you're still looking for another agent, I could refer you to somebody that I might think would be a better fit. You know, because you're absolutely right. We're we're in constant communication. And I've personally had buyers that were super nasty to me. And I wish that I would have known that before I got to a certain point because it, it, it was very defeating for me to have to talk to them any opportunity. Anytime I'd have to call them, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm dreading this call because of how they would speak to me. Um and and that's that's totally fine. It happens. Um but again, like you said, communication, and then we are going to be talking to them a lot. So setting up that expectation of how do you want, sorry, I have to sneeze. <laughs> the great thing about living in Florida is pollen comes to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the expectation of communication, right? And so I always say like at that conversation is, is a, if, if you and your partner are both looking together or family member or, or whatever, um, is a group chat good? So we're all on the same page. You know, we're all sending the house links. I can send, you know, a quick text about when I can see it for you guys or when, you know, when we can schedule it is email the best form of communication. You know, what hours are you absolutely not available in? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of really setting up that expectation of, of not just what it is you're looking for and how to succeed in this market, but that communication level. Yeah. Um, so we, we hit on the, what your process is when you initially meet. And I kind of mentioned, you know, I work in a similar way. I, I want to meet with people if we zoom is okay. And I did that a lot in 2020, Mm -hmm. but now I'm back to face to face. Uh, But yeah, I want to have an in-depth conversation, do some fact finding, just get to know the person better and Mm -hmm. then, and and make sure that we're setting expectations and explaining the home buying process, explaining the things they need to know in a, in a, in a in an educational way, but also not in like I'm not a big overwhelming like, yeah, overwhelming like presentation type of thing. Just just a conversation. But yeah, I think it's important to um, just just quickly let them know what out of pocket expenses to expect and that initial thing too. Like 
like the escrow being due quickly and the inspection being done quickly. Those two mm-hmm. things are, are super important to make sure that they know about as well. Um, so what about the process from there, the buying process from there? What other like just key things do you make sure to try to point out um, as people move from thinking about it to actually being in a buying position? Yeah, so obviously that that number one thing like we've talked about many times is the pre-approval getting with the lender making sure that your finances are good that's the golden ticket for me i will not show a property unless you have that Um, because why look at something we don't know that you can't afford Mm -hmm. you know you might think you can afford a certain amount in rent but that is totally different in mortgage um so it's it's once they start thinking about them if they don't already have a pre-approval or a um plan for that i set them up with a preferred lender or you know if they have one of theirs i tell them you know get with them right away let's get that golden shopping ticket and then we can start the search from there um and then it's it's you know it's i would say it's the fun part of house shopping but also it could be a little bit of a um I don't know in this market, it could be fun or it could not be fun. If you have to keep looking. It is fun. I think it's fun. Um, It is fun. You know, uh, there's probably, you know, there's, there's equal amounts of stress related to selling your property, getting your house ready for sale, getting it on the market. I mean, and, and same with buying. It's fun going through the evaluation process. Obviously at some point, if you're, if you're trying to buy a house and you're not having success, then it, goes from fun to stressful but you know our you know our job is to kind of help you stay between the lines uh you know make sure that um it's a good positive experience for you Um, absolutely so um before we change gears to our behind the scenes do you have any other like final thoughts on um like what you want to hit on from a buying standpoint yeah, and I know that we've talked about it before, but it doesn't have to be a scary conversation. You know, just because you ask me some questions or we meet, I do not hold you obligated to buy from me in 10 days. Like, this is a nurturing process, and I'm aware I do not have commission breath. I am not expecting you to close something in 30 days. I am here to help you go through this process. And that starts with, being there from that initial first conversation, if it takes you three months to get ready to have a pre-approval, that's totally fine. I'm not going to stop being a real estate agent anytime soon. I know that I am called to be doing this. So there's no expiration date for me to be available. So I'm here for you and your agent should be there for you along the way, regardless of when you're looking to close. So I think, I think it's just, you know, don't be afraid to ask an agent questions. Don't be afraid to, to meet with them. And there are, there are no stupid questions because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And really importantly on that, like, don't be afraid to be afraid to engage with, with one of us or with an agent in your market, because the truth is, you know, we're here to help, but like, we we're going to ask questions. We we're going to want to get to know you and things like that. And it's only so that we can better help, uh, uh, help you. It's not because we're just like trying to, to trick you into buying a house. Like that's not how this works, at least from my standpoint and from your yeah. standpoint, I know that's true too. So like, you know, I'll, cause I'll get people that inquire on like a listing or something and, you know, I'll just reach out and say, Hey, I saw you inquired on this. What can I tell you about it? And, you know, most people 
will ignore it and that's okay no big deal but but ultimately i'm i'm here because I, i'm asking you that question because i know that you're in some way or another trying to get information and so that's my point like you know we're just here trying to help you out and ultimately giving us more information helps us help you more not not some kind of uh, reverse effect of that yes absolutely agree with that so let's uh, let's dive into behind the scenes a little bit because I know that we had a, both had a couple of good stories, some for sale by owner stuff, um, and this is a reoccurring theme a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, but do you want to do you want to start or because I know sure. that you, we we were actually discussing your scenario a little bit last week. And I just wanted to see what, what, or was it two weeks ago? Well, whatever it was, let's, let's yeah, our last episode. Yeah. Our last episode, we talked about um, one of my clients submitting a for sale by owner um, mm -hmm. offer. It was listed on Facebook marketplace. Uh, we contacted the seller directly uh, to see it. This, the person that was showing it was not actually able to make decisions, which is a huge deal. Like you need to make sure that you meet with the decision maker or speak with the decision maker. Mm -hmm. um, she was kind of like the middleman, just showing it. Um, so anyway, we, we put an offer on it. We didn't hear from them for about 24 hours because they needed to get, she, the only person I could submit the offer to was the person showing it who didn't make the decisions. Wasn't so then she wasn't really the true owner or the yeah, person that handled the asset basically. Yeah. She lived there, but she was married into the owner. So she had to wait for her husband to talk to his brother and somebody else, everybody who, you know, had the estate and we waited. And then I touched back, you know, back in touch with them about it. And, um, they shared that they were feeling rushed because they don't know where they're going to go. And I didn't say this, but that's another reason why, you know, you work with an agent is because they can tell you how this market is. Don't list your house if you're worried about where you're going to go, because you are going to get a million offers. And now you feel pressured by those million offers because you don't know where you're going to go now. And that could have been a non-issue if you would have had an agent to help you with that process and what it actually looks like. Mm -hmm. So they had a huge freak out because now they feel like there's, you know, a rope around their neck about when we should buy or you know when we should move and now we're, we're we're freaking out and i said okay well i hope you understand so is my client because they have actual date to move out so i just need to know if this is going to work out or not if it's not going to work out that's okay i'll tell my client that we probably should put our eggs in another basket mm -hmm. um but just like you're having a little meltdown about where you're going to go so is my client so I'm just trying to like get on the same page and how we can help each other um so we ended up having this conversation and it turned into a really good one. You know, we, we shared some lighthearted moments and, and about how we can work together. It, it started really stuffy and then it ended well. So I thought, okay, I think we're all on the same page. He said, um, I called him back later and I said, listen, my client is able to get a 30 day extension on their lease so that you aren't pressured to have to move out when we said we originally, mm -hmm. and he said, oh, that's so amazing. Okay. I'll sign the contract right now. Send it to my wife and then we'll get it. We'll get it signed. I said, awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to make this work for everybody. They ghosted us. Mm -hmm. I sent the offer over. 
no response. It was like a, an evening. So I texted and called and emailed in the mornings like, Hey, just want to let you know that I sent, you know, the details over. We're looking forward to make this work. No response that night, no response. So finally, you know, my client and I are like, honestly, our offer is not good anymore. Like it has exceeded the date of acceptance. We try to make it work. Now they're like, you know, dragging their feet and they're not communicating with us what's going on. So just tell them that we are, you know, our offer is no good anymore. So I sent an email. I said, at this point, since our offer has expired, we are going to move forward unless we get a signed contract. No response. The next day, my client ends up Facebook messaging the person that showed us because that's how she originally found it. And that's how she messaged them and said, you know, something nice, like we're really excited to make this work or whatever. Ghosted. Then they list it sold. Oh, so they, so were, they were negotiating with somebody else at the same time as you. Apparently so. They were negotiating with somebody else, didn't have the courage to just let us know, couldn't the respect to just say, hey, yeah. we really appreciate your efforts. Unfortunately, we got a cash offer that can make this work. So we are going to go with them. Well, Instead, they just chose to completely ignore everything. And, you know, it just was, it was, it was, that's just rude. Well, <laughs> it is that. But what else I see about it is that it is, they, they actually gave up some opportunity to, to, improve their situation because if they were smart they would have worked the the leverage scenario to both parties and ended up with a better deal for themselves absolutely uh, we you know obviously you don't know exactly what what transpired but to me by handling it t towards you the way that they did they left they probably left some some money on the table um, because mm -hmm. what would what could what they could have done if they had probably if they had an agent the agent would have taken both offers and talked to both clients and created a leverage situation to where you both submitted an offer or went back and forth to a position where they got the best deal out of one of the two people and made it hopefully made it more of a fair situation for both parties as well yeah, 100%. And I think, again, the point of an agent is to take a lot of weight off your shoulders, right? Like mm -hmm. to educate you, to, to help you get more money, to cover liability, to, to be basically your middleman in communication, right? So one, they were stressed out because they listed the house and then didn't know where they were going to go. <laughs> then they you know, don't know the contract. So they said they were going to send it to their attorney, which mm -hmm. they're paying the attorney. And then um, they ghosted us because they didn't have the respect to call us and just let us know, which is something that the agent can do for you. Yeah. A little disappointing, I would think. But ultimately, like the, from everything that transpired, it almost sounds like you're better off. Uh, oh, for sure. Because who knows what could have yeah. happened once you got into contract and what other, you know, dishonest things could have occurred. Um, yeah. You well, have a story, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so it brings me to another one. Um, so this is also regarding for sale by owner. Uh, I know that that it occurred a while back, and it was it's not a situation I was involved in, uh, another investor that I know. Um, but essentially, they had found an off-market property and uh, negotiated with the seller who was representing themselves. And um, turned out there was a, a good bit of, uh, you know, some issues to, that were uncovered during the inspection. However, 
this person um, didn't uh, didn't bring up those issues during the during the inspection period. They brought them up mm. after the inspection period, and um, because the seller didn't understand and didn't know anything about real estate purchase contracts or what they had signed, they went ahead and negotiated and agreed to repairs on a property that technically they wouldn't have had to do because they were outside of their inspection period. And so the, the, the point of it is that um, had they had representation of some sort, they probably would have saved themselves some money. Uh, yeah. at the end of the day or some headache or whatever you want to call it. Um, so two, two totally different, uh, ends of the spectrum, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it just kind of brings home that point. Like, what are you giving up? What are you mm -hmm. gaining and what are you giving up? And in this case, you're get, you're giving up knowledge and potentially an opportunity to save yourself money. You, you know, th that person probably thinks they were saving money in a, in the form of commission, but, realistically they they lost a little bit somehow just because they they weren't properly represented um yeah that's not to say that that would happen in every situation i don't know that it would but and of course you're talking about two off market you know two two unrepresented people but at the end of the day like um one being an investor had more knowledge of the situation than the other person yeah yeah, it. we're only here to help you. And there's a reason why we're professionals, just like doctors are professionals for a reason and teachers are, you know, professionals for a reason. We're educated to be that role and we're not trying to perform surgery, you know, because that's not what we do. So let us help you. Let us get all that money for you and let us take that pressure off you by listing, uh, listing with us. Yeah. So, um, Good info regarding the buying process and uh, definitely a lot of stuff we could dive into more. I think next week we're going to look at some more seller related topics um, and we'll talk more about yeah. the market and what's happening. Yep. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. Talk to you next time.